foolishly. Then your ability to attain, not, look, look at the word the Buddha used, huh? attain the condition for the destruction of the taints. Meaning, if these five mental faculties slowly come up in you and not strong, when they come up, they are not even strong, then in your mind, the conditions are right to realize destruction of the things is Nibbana. You understand that? If these five mental energies come up with difficulty in your mind, the conditions will not be right. And conditions for what? Conditions for the immediacy condition for the destruction of the taints. That means the knowledge that enables you to see the Dhamma and that the old habits, the negativities drop. The conditions will not be there. It can drop. You don't know how to let go. You can't let go. You can't see it. Okay. Look at number two. Practice that's pain with quick, direct knowledge. You can have a lot of lust and hatred and delusion. But these five mental faculties rise in him prominently. Powerful surging of these five mental energies and you can get it. Very fast. Knowledge for the destruction of the things. This is with the wisdom that leads to the end. It's not just a wisdom. It leads to the end. You know how to drop, let go. Now, this part is important for you to note. Painful or not depends on the character you are. If you are full of loba, greed, dosa, anger, anger, and moha, delusion, foolishness, silliness, if you are like that, then for you, it's difficult, painful, the path. Why is it painful? Because every little thing you complain, every little thing you find it difficult to bear. I won, I won. How come my chest so hard? How come the floor so hard? How come the so cold? And then I adjust the temperature, the echo so hot. Complain and complain. So therefore, as you experience life, life is painful for you. But it doesn't stop you from having the correct five mental conditions. They have nothing to do with it. It be nasty, rude, difficult. But for some reason, that five mental conditions can come up for you. <laughs> Surges prominently. Hey, voila. Still painful, but you get it. Okay? Now you look at the bottom one. Now you're a nice person. Nice person, okay? You don't have very strong loba, greed, not very strong dosa, not, well, moha is just moha, okay? And therefore, for you, you're easygoing, ma? So your practice is actually quite easygoing. Just, 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 just imagine, you go for a retreat, okay? You go, to a you go for this retreat, and the environment, some will find the environment nice, some will complain about the mosquito. Some will say, Mama, got mosquito, man? I don't see any. <laughs> They're actually quite happy. So for them, the path is not painful. But it doesn't mean, again, the same thing, that five faculties doesn't mean it will come up or not because of their character. Okay? So this one is to understand, right? For the next block of sutta. Oh, just one concluding point. Huh? Again, quickly attain the immediacy condition. So if the five faculties are prominent, the five faculties are prominent means the condition of the mind is ready to see the Dhamma. It's ready and you will see it. And when you see it, the, the taints 
you're clinging to life, you're clinging to sensual delight, you're clinging to eye and view, that clinging will drop. Okay, that's what it means, destruction of the things. Okay, 163, unattractiveness. These are the two kinds of practices that people go through, isn't it? The first one, it says, practice that's painful. You dwell contemplating the unattractiveness of the body, perceiving the repulsiveness of food, perceiving non-delight in the world, contemplating impermanence in all conditioned phenomena, perception of death well established internally. These are the kind of knowledge that you train the mind to see in what today is called the repulsive form of meditation. Right? 32 parts, you think of reflect, reflect, reflect on death. And then when you eat the food, moderation, not nice, mm, no, 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 no tasting, don't look at the taste, chew, chew, chew until it becomes water. And then everything that arises with delight for you, no delight, nothing nice about it. The world is not nice. Let it go. You keep doing that. Essentially, you train the mind not to be attached to what typically is attractive. What is typically attractive? Do you eat the food if it's not nice? Oh, of course you do, because you're all practitioner. <laughs> but when you're not practicing, when you're out of retreat and you're not practicing, oats don't sound so nice, right? Uh, huh? Durian, oh well. <laughs> it is not nice. The point is, you train your mind to turn away from what typically delights the individual. But what delights you is the form, the body. Body is delightful. Yours, yes, the person you love, Lagimo. This is how we, the mind, is programmed to appreciate. The mind is programmed to appreciate beauty in things. They look for beauty in things. The mind, your mind, and you can survive this long and you can want to live, it is because your mind has been programmed to enjoy attractiveness. And there is a form of practice because this practice is about letting go. It's about no more craving, no more arising of one thing. Because one thing gives, one thing is the condition, the craving is the condition for dukkha. And you don't want dukkha. You don't want dukkha, there has to be a way where the mind turns away from one thing. And how does the mind turn away from one thing? The mind turns away from one thing when the mind is programmed to see repulsiveness in the things you have delighted in. That is why part of the practice, in some, some practice, they teach you to look for unattractiveness, whether it's in body, in food, in the, in the entire world. Like, it's not so simple. In the entire world, I don't like. Because so easy, man. No. What it means by the entire world here is sound arising you hear and you teach the mind not to be attracted to nice sound. See, nice sound, not nice. Let go, not nice. See nice things, don't look for the nice part. Look for the uh, um, not so nice words part. You know, the urine, the feces. You, you look for the parts that your mind ew, cringe from. Look for that. Smell something, nice smell, not nice smell, not nice smell. Seeing the repulsiveness in the non-repulsive, okay? You teach this. And after a while, mind no longer finds delight in the world. And therefore, what happened to your path? Very painful. Right? Because you are only, you, you want to live, you want to stay alive, 
You want to continue existing because you see beauty in the world. And you delight. There is delight. And where there is delight, there is joy in living. But now there is no delight. Everywhere you go, you look at flowers, not nice. You know, uh, not nice. No delight in the world. So what happened to you? Painful. Your basic existence is now painful. Okay? But then you can let go, ma. Where everything painful, then you uh, don't want, don't want. Then you start to let go, ma. If everything's so nice, so nice, so nice, what's there to let go? Everything is so hold on to, ma. You get it? Okay. So in this practice, you train the mind to look for the repulsiveness in the non-repulsive, in the unrepulsive. And as a result, your practice is now painful. This particular choice is painful. But it doesn't mean guarantee five faculties will come up sweet, sweet. No. It can arise feebly. The five faculties arise in you feebly. Faith, your sadda, viriya, sati, samadhi, panya, all feebly arise. So you painful and feebly, you very slow. Painfully slow. Sound familiar? Okay. And, but that doesn't mean it, because some people can choose this path of practice, but for them, the, the five faculties arise fast. It can happen. You, your, your faith, your vidya, satis, mani, panya, chong, possible. So the painful period is short. But if your faculties arise slowly, your painful period is very long. Like one year become 10 year type. 20 year, 50 year. 50 year of seeing the pain in the leg, very painful. Okay. What is this practice that is pleasant? It is a practice. It is the same. But in this case, they experience the jhana. Okay. Secluded from sensual pleasures, secluded from unwholesome states, a bhikkhu enters and dwells in the first jhana, which consists of piti, rapture, sukha, pleasure, born of seclusion, accompanied by vitaka, thought, and with Chara, examination. Let me explain a little bit more here. The word secluded is important. Your mind, you, you deliberately take the mind attention away from the sense doors. Especially the ear. Because if you are closing your eyes and meditating, the only sense door that's open other than the nose, the sense of open is actually the ear. And you are ensuring the mind doesn't get distracted by sound. Secluded from sensual pleasure. Oh, sorry, there is still the mind. The mind can still be open to pleasure. Sensual pleasure is also experienced by the mind. Because you think of food. <laughs> you're not eating, but you're thinking of food. So again, you need to take the mind away from the distraction and away from unwholesome states, which means if you are angry or if you are in a lustful mood, meditation cannot work one. Where your mind keeps drifting to anger, object, to lustful thoughts, to things you want to eat, the mind gets distracted, the mind cannot, it is not secluded from it, okay? If you successfully, if you successfully ensure that the mind doesn't drift to these objects and it stays with the breathing, then at some point, and this is the mind going, there's the awareness of a breathing, a decision is made to stay with the breathing. That's vitaka. Stay with the breathing. Don't drift, stay, come back. This 
effort to stay with the object, that's your vitaka vichara. You have to make a choice to stay. And that is this knowing, don't drift, come back. That's your vitaka vichara. Okay? As you stay there, after a while, you will start to feel good. Therefore, piti sukha, first stage. Piti sukha. After a while of staying with your breathing, the object, you will find there is no need to try and hold the attention in place. The attention stays. When that happens, vitaka vichara has faded away. The word here, subsided. Okay? Subsiding, you don't have to do it anymore. No need to. It will stop. When it stops, you are going into second. Placidity. The word is confidence. Internal confidence. Unification of mind. The mind, there is a confidence. The mind stays together. The attention stays there. It doesn't drift. And titi, sukha, are strong. This time is because of the concentration. Okay? Then after a while, without your intent, no intention, piti also fades away. And what you do have is equanimity, mindful, and the word mindful and clearly comprehending means your mind is now very sharp in its mindfulness. You know what is arising, you know what's going on. And you experience this pleasure with the body. You're going into your third jhana. After a while, the body, you let go of abandoning of pleasure and pain no more, the, the, there is a fading of awareness of the body. Neither painful nor pleasant, you have purification of mind, mindfulness by equanimity, which has purification of mindfulness by equanimity. Now the point here is, what I want to bring to your attention, because there's not a talk on samadhi, but what I want to bring to your attention is, this method is pleasant. And the reason why it is pleasant is because of the jhana. You experience the jhanic factors, there is tremendous joy. Very pleasant. But that is not Nibbana. That is jhana. Okay? There is no wisdom per se unless you know what you're supposed to be looking for. That is why you need to use the strength of the jhanic factors to examine the Dhamma. Here, you have mindfulness. You have clearly comprehending in your third stage. The fourth stage, purification by mindfulness. It is very sharp. Purification, purification of mindfulness is very sharp. Clarity of mind. This is when you examine the Dhamma. Now, you say, oh, all these things uh, means the faculty is very strong. No, not necessarily. Faculty can be weak. Because you are, it's through concentration, the mind stays still. It's a still mind. It doesn't mean you have sadda. It doesn't mean you have sadda. It merely means you have a very still mind, very happy, very joyous. So actually the sadda angle may not be strong. And then when you come out, it doesn't mean you will stay a nice person. People have come out of deep meditation and after a while, they decide that they're not very nice, they can scold people. Also can happen. So the virya is actually not strong. You understand? So, the, if you have a pleasant path, a pleasant mode of practice, doesn't mean the fac five faculties will rise strong. If it's not strong, don't see it. You will not see the Dhamma either. Or if you have not collected enough Dhamma knowledge, nothing to see Panya can arise. What do I do now? Huh? I blank mind. Eh? My mind's so nice and quiet and blank. It must be heaven. <laughs> and then that's it, you know? Okay, and finally, 
but it can also be strong. The foreign faculties can be strong, and then you will have pleasant with quick, direct knowledge. So there are two parts to it. And what I want to bring to your attention is to be aware. In fact, actually, you put the two together, there are three parts to it. You put the two sutta together, there are three parts to it. You can be of a, a character that doesn't, doesn't have much, you don't have much clinging, you don't have much anger. So quite pleasant, right? But you go and choose to do it the painful way. So you are actually a nice person. When you're not in practice, you feel better. But when you go to practice, and because you choose that method that look at non-delight in anything, so your spiritual path actually becomes painful. You see what I'm saying? Have you all experienced this? My question to you is this. For those of you who go on retreats, for those of you who don't know any better, you go sign up for some retreat, which is a very tough one. Really what we call hard labor type. Then you go and this is what happened. In daily life, I don't have much clinging. I don't have much wanting. I'm very easygoing. I am not the cat. I'm a nice person. Not meow. I'm a nice person. Okay. <laughs> so, not, not the daily life quite pleasant, right? Then you go on a retreat. You choose the one that non-delight in the world, non-delight in everything. Everything see the repulsiveness. Then very painful, very painful. Okay. So daily life, you are actually okay. Then you go for a retreat, which is painful. And then your mental faculties didn't come out fast enough. So very, very dreary. After a while, what happens? You don't feel like going on a retreat. Because every time you go for a retreat, very painful. Come already more painful. You see what I'm saying? Or, or you can have, you're not a very nice person. Very meow, very difficult. But when you meditate, you go do jhana. Try a bit, try a bit, try a bit. Then, after you go for extended retreat, actually the jhana works because when you are at a retreat, you let go ma. So not so usually meow la. Okay. So in a retreat, actually quite pleasant. Outside retreat, you're not very nice. Then you will want to go on retreat. Doesn't mean you will get it, but you will want to go because you thought it's actually quite nice ma. You can do the jhana and quite quite nice. You see what I'm saying? Nothing. All these don't mean you will see the dhamma. You will still need collect that store of knowledge. Parata Gohosa. Knowledge. Hearing from another, learning the Dhamma, collecting the material, storing in your brain. Store it. So that there is Panya faculty. Then your Sadda has to be strong. You know, all the five of them will be strong. That is the one that gave the arising of realization five faculties. You get it? See the difference? See how that applies to you? This is what I actually need you to know for yourself. Who are you as, what are you like as a, as a practitioner in daily life? What methods are you doing? Therefore, that kind of define whether it's painful or, or pleasant. What kind of methods you're doing? And then whether you build the five conditions well enough so that it is possible for your mind to see the Dhamma. Okay? Three parts to it. Question? Six two is about the character that you are. Six three is about the method you choose in your practice. Hmm? Can, 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 can. You can become a nicer person. Yeah, you can, you can be, lead a very unpleasant life if you have all this difficult, you're a difficult character. But then as you walk the path and you learn to be nicer and better, then you'll find that daily living is not so painful. Daily living is actually quite pleasant after a while.
Oh yes, if you realize and the things, that's why the other, we're talking about the one that you are seeing non-delight in the entire world one, right? We're talking about that one. No, this is when it's all done. That's not a practice anymore. That's a realization. When there is realization, it is pleasant abiding. When you are when you have already realized, there is vimuti, the mind is free. There is no more arising of craving. So because the mind is free, non-arising of craving, no grasping, grasping, you are actually experiencing joy in daily living. As long as there is no rising of one thing, or not much, lah, extremely moderated, much tame, and you're quite pleasantly enjoying the moment-to-moment -moment living, then you don't have a problem with pleasant or unpleasant. It's actually quite, quite pleasant. But there is no attachment to that pleasantness. As long as there is an attachment to that pleasantness, it means you have no understanding yet. As long as there is an attachment to, let's say, let's say you go for a retreat, okay? And following the retreat, you come out, your mind is actually relatively quiet. And then you feel that actually this is very, very pleasant. And then you ran into society, you took the bus home. And then people never stand up. In view of your exalted status, they didn't stand up. And it is very, very crowded. And all these are jocking into you. Then your steady mind is now not so steady. Huh? Then you miss, you miss that pleasant abiding that you had when you were at retreat. That missing it means there is no wisdom. It is the result of concentration, the mind settles. You, have, you don't have the wisdom yet. And therefore, it is so shaky, so easily shaken, the mind. If there is a wisdom, a realization, what it means is you accept conditions as, as they unfold, external conditions. There's a hot day, there is a cold day, there, is, there, there are lots of people, it's an empty spot, it doesn't matter. There's just conditions and you see it as a rising and a falling away and you just accept it. And you don't mind, you are watching the mind watching. There's a watching of the watchful mind. And it's just the rhythm of life as it pops along. When that happens, when the mind is accepting the condition as they arise and fall, and fall away, when the mind accepts and the mind knows this is acceptance, the mind is peaceful in accepting, then that mind is at peace and there is wisdom. Wisdom means knowing what's going on, understanding the mechanics of it, the organic mechanics of it, accepting it, and just let it This is wisdom. Let me explain. Huh? That you have a mind, sorry, that your sati, that your sati is good, and there is clarity, that in itself doesn't mean panya. Sati is not Panya. You understand? Sati is not Panya. Panya knows what's going on. Sati is awareness. When there is Sati and there is Panya, then, then there is progress. If there is only Sati and no Panya, there, will, there can be regress. Okay? If there is panya but no sati, that's okay. Where your panya is, that's where it stops. You can't regress very far. 
you can bob a bit, but you won't regress very far. Panya, if you say no, I got panya, but I regress. That's not panya. Don't know what it is about panya. Panya is where the, the, that break point, you can't go below it. What do I mean? You all, you have, many of you in this class, all of you have embraced the doctrine for a long time, or for a while, right? Yes? Who, who embraced it yesterday? <laughs> so it's been a while, huh? Now, do you remember, do you remember for yourself, before and after you embraced Dhamma? Do you still remember that? You do, right? The day you embraced the Dhamma knowingly, that day that you embraced, that's a Panya point. The you before that point, and the you after that point, not the same, right? That's what I mean when I say fall below the pannier. You can't regress. Okay? So if you understand something, that understanding is your point. You can only go above it. But if you attain a state of calm without understanding, and that state of calm it's like nothing you have experienced. It's just above the paniyala. You don't quite know what's going on, but you like it. It's peaceful. That one you can regress. Regress and keep looking for it. Keep looking for that calm, which don't, cannot come. You, you get what I'm saying? This is, this is why it is interesting. But you have panya, and your calm is proportionate, is consistent with that panya point, you can drop from that calm, but you will go back to that level at some point. Because you know you got there. You won't fall far from it. Get it? Okay? Nice. Yes? Oh, yes. These are mental states and very, very important mental states and therefore you must consistently reinforce those states. How do you reinforce that five faculties? Sadda. Every time your understanding goes up one notch, your sadda goes up one notch. You can artificially inflate the sadda, but without understanding, it is a balloon. You poke and Okay, but with understanding and at every level of understanding, that sadda is that much strengthened. So sadda is strengthened through understanding, through practice and through understanding. No point memorizing score A's doesn't doesn't ensure your sadda is strong. No point bowing ten times a day doesn't ensure sadda is strong. Sadda is strengthened through understanding. Okay. Virya is strengthened through sadda. Okay? You want to practice because you believe it works. And why Buddha said so? I am so indebted to Buddha to understanding. So indebted, I will try. Virya is strengthened through sadda. If you don't have that sadda, and no, the sadda sits on understanding, right? So, if you have sadda, or you sit on an artificial shaky sadda, and because that sadda is not sitting on anything, then your virya is a periodic one, temperamental one. I good mood, I today virya very good. I bad mood, what virya are you talking about? What, 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 virya? Never heard of. You understand? So, virya sits on sadda, sadda sits on understanding. With virya, sati will be strong. Sati samadhi, kenchong. Now, this is where it's interesting. You can have sati without samadhi, but there is no samadhi without sati. Okay? You can have sati without samadhi. In other words, you're not in jhana, but there is sati. But there's no way you can have jhana with no sati. You just look at the text. You saw the text for yourself. This is what the Buddha said. So, sati 
sits on Viriya, Samadhi sits on Sati. Together, Panya. More Panya. The Panya that penetrates insight and realization, the taste of the Dhamma, that Panya cannot watch Hawan. No Sati, no Samadhi, what Panya are talking about? It sits on the others. So if you say, I only want to do sati, I don't want to do samadhi, okay, like your choice. Uh. A bit longer, lo. takes much longer. And it will have to reach a point where the sati stabilizes so much that it's as good as experiencing samadhi. Okay? Sorry? Samadhiti is seeing the Four Noble Truths. Actually, Samadhiti sits on that Four Noble Truths. But as long as the realization is consistent with the Dhamma, meaning ultimately it all leads back to letting go of craving, it's Samadhiti. Okay? Anything that allows you to see that I have to do this so that the craving can be moderated. I learn to let it go a bit. As long as it, you can see that link, that's Samadhiti. So, daily life, as you are li living your daily life, okay? And you go to the hawker center and you chong for your favorite store. Oh, your lucky day. Favorite store. <laughs> lucky day, ma? Go can practice Dhamma already. <laughs> then you stare aghast. Out. Stare aghast. Then in your mind, you say, hang on. How come my dukkha doesn't search up? The dukkha, the sensation of disappointment, is quite mild, huh? And then you look at it and you go, actually, it's really quite mild. Don't mind. Uh. Let's just eat at the next store. Easy, easy. That, you realize, is Dhamma in the practice. That's Aditi. That's it. There you are experiencing a moment of Dhamma. You can let it go. You're happy. And you know it. Suppose I say you let it go. Ayah, okay, la, never mind, la, never mind. La. Then you move on. There is a Dhamma moment which was lost to you. Not your lucky day. You get it? So there is this Samadhiti moment which you didn't grasp. Then it fades off. But maybe, maybe three months time, right? You have a repeat broadcast. Never learn. Ah. Tuesday, they never open. But you repeat broadcast Tuesday, you came back. And again, it's closed. But this time around, you caught it. You caught your mind. You caught the letting go. You caught the joy in realizing that there is a letting go here and you're actually fine with it. That is your Samadhiti moment, which you missed the first time round. Okay? So this is Dhamma very fun. Uh. Dhamma is very fun. The moment you begin to understand the concepts and you begin to weave it into your daily life practice, in all the little moments, you pick a moment to become aware of the guy who asks. You ask. Sati. Dhamma Vichaya. This is Dhamma Vichaya. Dhamma Vichaya, Samaditi, together. You understand? And a moment when, at a moment when a Dhamma concept arose in your mind and you understand what the Buddha taught, that is Samaditi. That was also a Dhamma Vichaya moment. And it means, it would mean that following that, you actually feel quite happy. You should feel quite happy. When you have a Dhamma moment, I call it a Dhamma moment, it's easier to say, Dhamma Vichaya moment, very difficult. So when you have a Dhamma moment, right, you must feel joyous. If you don't feel joyous, what kind of a Dhamma moment you got? A non-event. It's not very good. It must be an eventful moment so that sati can And if at that 
moment you take a seat, instead of chasing after the next dish, you take a seat and you sit down and you just look at it, you will find that the mind is quiet. That is your samadhi, yo. Mind is actually quiet. You understand that? All these concepts come alive for you in daily life. This is Dhamma in daily life. Yes, sir. That's a good one, yeah. Painful or painful or because the the normal human mind derives joy in actually the normal human mind derives joy in delighting over little sensual things lah. You see something nice you like get to see I like you hear a nice music a nice piece of music you like that is delight but you are supposed to consciously turn your mind don't want don't like not nice you keep doing that to yourself I'm going to die tomorrow I'm going to die tomorrow you keep doing that to yourself right suddenly the mind finds there's no joy in living that's why it's painful so, so people who do 32 parts in the Buddha's time when he first introduced 32 parts for the practice and the monks didn't do metta, they end up killing themselves. They, they kill themselves by the score. 10, 20, 30, was said in the sutta. Because, I, uh, no point living. Uh. You know, this body will rot, the toe will fall off. <laughs> Not toenail, uh, toe. Toe will fall off, they will rot, everything falls apart. <laughs> Just make it fast. So like that, Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go and look at your own mind. I just ask you to do this. Practice only five minutes, no need too long. For five minutes, everything you like, you say don't want, don't like, not nice. Maybe maybe do a bit longer, like half an hour. <laughs> don't like, don't want, not nice. You want to eat something, find something you don't like to eat and eat that. I hate liver, never mind, eat liver. Something like that. Lah. Then what happened to you? That half an hour, very miserable. We human beings are like that. Okay? And why do we do that? Why make life so hard for ourselves? Because we are training our mind. Actually, it is in one of the suttas. Training your mind to see the repulsive in the non-repulsive and flip it around to see non-repulsive in repulsive so that the mind develops equanimity towards everything this is a method this is not end result when the mind achieves equanimity absolute equanimity in everything mind must realize that there is no wanting, no craving. And if there is no craving for real, this mind is pacified. It's cool. It's cool. So we can do it by the kukong, which is ngengelai. Suka, don't suka. Everything you like, don't want. Then after a while, why <laughs> This is what will, your mind will start to become like that. Oh, this is so sad. Oh, so sad. Life is so sad. <laughs> Which is wrong. This is not the practice. This is wrong. The purpose of this practice is to to reach a certain equanimity. So the the, the this is tough way. The, the other method is you learn to observe when something arises. You're developing sati as a madi wire. It's so that the mind can differentiate between the normal mind 
it's caught up and the mind is just watching and it is not caught up. When it begins to understand and recognize, must recognize, recognize that there is a mental state which can watch object objectively and doesn't get caught up. It must learn to recognize the mental state that can watch objectively, it doesn't get caught up. And it knows there is watching. That's the mental state you want. That mental state, for many of you guys who have gone for retreat, it pops up and it disappears. It pops up and it disappears. If your practice is consistent, it pops up and it stays. And it stays without effort. That's the sati. That is the bujanga sati you want. So when that happens, you can now look at the Dhamma without it. Uh, what was I thinking of? Uh? Because you keep forgetting. It stays and you can then examine the Dhamma concepts at a more extended period. That will bring up the joy, that will bring up the concentration, the mind steals very beautifully. And then all you know is the rising and falling away, rising and falling away, you're not caught up. You get it? And this particular state of mind, which is that detached, right? This particular state, it is not the end. It is like that at the end, but it is not the end per se. When it is like this, you take this state of mind and you examine the Dhamma, and the Dhamma then comes alive for you. All mental states, you see the Dhamma in them, arising, falling away, arising, falling away. Why do you want to see it like that? So that the mind then realizes this is a rhythm of life. Nothing to hold on to. Because ultimately, it's not holding on. Our instinct is to hold, to want, to chase, to catch. It's to teach the mind. It is just like that, the rhythm of life. Let it go. It's peaceful to let it go. Initially, very tough. Let go. Don't want, don't want. Then your hands are, you hold so tight. Then you try open. Very difficult. It's like that initially. But after a while, it becomes relaxed. And it becomes loosened by itself. The more you see, the more. And, and, and it's not finished. Huh? You still got to toggle. See, I let go. You see there is joy. You see there's quiet. It's just like that. You keep doing this until at some point you realize for yourself that what the Buddha was trying to tell you is don't take everything too seriously. Don't take yourself seriously. Don't take the thought seriously. Don't take your mind seriously. Don't take your leg seriously. Okay, maybe you must be serious a bit. But don't take everything so seriously. And in fact, learn to laugh and enjoy like that. Even the Dhamma. By then you can, oh, Dhamma's like that. Okay? Don't, don't take everything seriously. You start to enjoy. Then you say, hey, but enjoying is clinging. No, no, enjoying is not clinging. Clinging comes after enjoying. <laughs> Seriously. Clinging comes after enjoying. You enjoy, then you like it, then you cling. That's clinging. Okay? Yes. Oi. Yes, yes, Samyutta Nikaya, yes. Um, many times, in fact, many suttas, they all repeat. Some sutta, which is my suggestion to you, if you can, go online, download the suttas, read it. Some suttas will speak to you. For you, that works. Not all suttas. And the ones that speak to you, if, if it speaks to you and it leads in what had been said, it goes in that general direction, it's okay. It's okay. For those of you who are very much into meditation and really want to see the mind, understands it better, know the method, I strongly advise Bhante uh, Gunaratana, Hena, Hena Pola Gunaratana, 
uh, BF has published his book for free distribution. Go grab your copy. Grab it. It's called uh, Beyond Mindfulness. Goes into the jhanas in the meditation, but more importantly, it explains the mind beautifully. Okay, I would also recommend, highly recommend. It's on online for free. I would also highly recommend the book by uh, Sayado U Jutika. It's called Snow in the Summer. Chapter two on meditation is beautiful. Go go look at it. If it speaks to you, if the books, these books speak to you, you know you're on the right track. Jayo. Okay. Thank you. Any other question? Yeah. Yes, you can change. Yes. Yeah. For character, usually, you have to tell yourself, it's okay, never mind, never mind. It will develop new habits. Your mind, the brain, is really another. You, you can change it. And after a while, you change so much. You look back and you say, I've really changed as a person. This, but you must want to because you feel that it makes you a happier person. We'll try it. There's no uh, solidified character that can't be changed. For the, the faculty part is a development. So the more you understand, the more your faith grows, the more the practice continues, the meditation deepens and so on. It is a, it's a process. Okay? That's it. So I will see you the next time. Oh. Tomorrow night, eh, I'll be at Mangala Vihara for another talk at 7.30. Buddhism in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs>